Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good night, good Wednesday, whenever it is that you are watching this. Uh, Man, glad that you are here. It's good to be together once again. uh, I wrestled with the idea of starting by saying how much I missed you guys for fear of sounding redundant and repetitive. Uh, But it's just facts. I do. I miss gathering together and uh, miss being able to connect. So I'm probably going to say it every single week. Uh, My mic just fell off. I was like, oh, something's touching me. <laughs> 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 Is that the Holy Spirit? Again, we good. Good afternoon, good evening, good Wednesday, uh, whenever it is that you might be watching this, uh, we are glad to be with you. Uh, I was tempted not to say uh, how much I miss you guys for fear of sounding repetitive or redundant, uh, but it's just facts. I miss gathering together, I miss connecting uh, with the body, and so whether we're in this for another two or three weeks or we're in this until middle of the summer, I'm probably going to say it every week uh, just because I long to be together. Uh, I love you guys, I miss you guys, and I just want to be able to connect. Uh, at the same time, not gathering has not halted or delayed the mission of God. God is still moving forward. We're still aiming to make much of Jesus, to be disciples, to make disciples, to love our neighbors, to serve our neighbors, to share the gospel, to push back darkness here in the city. Uh, The church is not a building. It's the people of God. And the people of God have not stopped being the people of God. And God has not stopped being God. And so regardless of whether or not we're meeting, we still want to make much of Jesus. And we know, we know that meeting together, it is edifying. It is uh, rejuvenating. It's even necessary. But until we are able to actually meet together, Let's still be the people of God with and for one another. Amen? And so I'm excited to be able to talk about the sovereign God that really purchased us with his life and how he is in control in the midst of all of this as we enter into our new series. And so uh, we have a bunch to cover, and the series, the uh, title of it is Sovereign. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the sovereign God, and we're going to be addressing how his sovereignty is interacting with the coronavirus and the things that we are experiencing in our life right now. So because 
of who God is, how should we respond in light of that? And what does the scriptures call us to do? So let's chop it up. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We'll be in Psalm 13 today. Uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and press pause on that and go grab your Bible so that you're actually following along with us. Uh, Listen, scripture speaks more powerfully to your soul than any human ever could. And so we want your eyes on the word. We want you to see the scriptures today and allow life to be breathed through the word of God. And so today, what we're going to be focusing on is how we may be responding emotionally to everything that's happening and what does it look like to respond with sorrow or frustration or anger or discouragement in the midst of everything that is happening. Obviously, uh, corona is impacting each of us very, very differently, and we're on all over the scale as to how this is actually uh, impacting us as a people, and really praise God that we don't serve a sterile God who is unable to interact with each of us where we are at, but wherever we may be, how is it that we should respond? Because my guess is that whether you're in a season of near depression or deep, deep anxiety, or if this is kind of barely impacting you, you're just frustrated because you're so sick of Zoom calls, whatever spectrum we might be on, each of us is probably lamenting at least a little bit in this season. And so we're going to tackle that idea of lamenting lamenting today. To lament, you can see it there on the screen, biblically speaking, is just to simply express grief, regret, frustration, or sorrow to God in prayer. That's lamenting at its most basic, and obviously this can be built upon. But this expression can be both physical, like we see in the scriptures when people wear sackcloth and ashes or they rip their clothing. But more commonly, it's actually expressed through words. And those words might be internal words. They're words that are in our own head as we are thinking those things. Or they may be words that we speak. We may speak our frustration or our grief or our sorrow. But lamenting usually comes in one of those two ways. And what we want to ask today is, hey, is it okay to lament as Christians? Is it okay to feel frustration or grief? Uh, Where does the idea of joy and exalting Christ and having hope kind of intersect with this idea of mourning and lamenting for the season that we're in? Because whether we're lamenting in small or big ways, most of us are probably experiencing something during this pandemic. And so how do we do that well? How do we express our emotions in biblical and godly ways? You know, scripture is not silent on emotion, and it doesn't just address the fact that we have emotions. It actually gives us permission and even encourages us to express those emotions. You know, in the Psalms, which is where we'll be today, 33% of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. And so scripture is filled with a bunch of feelers, but we must know what we're supposed to do with those feelings and how we interact with our feelings. So let's go ahead and look at the text together. We'll be in Psalm 13 today, and I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to read beginning in verse one. It says this, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Okay, our first point here is that it is okay to lament. 
It's okay to lament. Okay, this is scripture, remember, written by God. And so a lot of us, we are actually honest with each other, but for whatever reason, we feel like we can't be honest with God, as if uh, it's like pious to not struggle before God, as if honesty isn't a sense of piousness in and of itself. And so all of a sudden, we'll lament to one another, but we don't take this to God. And I think the reason we do this is that we tend to think that negative emotion, emotion that is filled with frustration or sorrow or grief, we think that is bad emotion. And that's just simply not true in Scripture. Now, what we do with that emotion, that may be unholy, but the feeling itself is nothing more than a reminder that we are not where we should be, that there is something wrong with this world and that we are experiencing the fallenness of the world, it's literally an apologetic. It's a way that we can actually even believe in God more because it's showing us that things aren't how they're supposed to be. Things aren't right in the world. They're not right in our own soul. And to lament is okay. You are longing for the better home. You're longing for what you were created for. And so sometimes lamenting can kind of feel like, okay, God, bro, right? And it can be frustration, like, like, I'm so confused. Why am I suffering like this? Or like, I'm tired of this. And look, that's okay. God is a big boy, right? He's not like a third grader that's going to be emotionally scarred because we're questioning things that are going on. Like, it's okay to question. Notice that at the start of this psalm, David actually uh, asked the question four times, how long? And he's asking this to God. He's honest with God about the way that he's feeling. He feels like God is distant and like he's not answering. And so David is frustrated or he's sad here. It's okay to lament. In fact, I think a lot of us don't experience power in our prayer life because we're afraid to be honest with God in our lamenting. And so we don't even know how to go to God with our longings, with the fact that we're still single or we lost that job again, or all of a sudden our job is way more stressful than it was. We're working so many more hours or our marriage is hurting or our kids are afraid of Corona or uh, now we can't even go outside without having to wear a mask. And whether it's deep or small, whatever it may be, we actually don't know how to go to God. And so our prayer life suffers because we don't ask God. And by asking God, see the deliverance that God provides. And so I think that often we actually miss God because we don't know how to go to him in lamenting seasons. You know, the Jewish people, they were actually trained to go to God when they had requests and to make those requests to him. And we as a people, we are not trained to go to God. We are trained to go to our vices in hopes that they will soothe us until our situation changes and it goes away. And there's a big difference here. God is not just a God who is a hero for us. He's also a God who is in the mess with us. And so God is with us in the midst of this. Your soul needs him and he wants to be close to you in this season. So it's okay to question. It's okay to feel. God himself is a feeler. And in a lot of ways, you're identifying with him. And so you may be feeling frustrated or sad accurately because you are rightly identifying there's something wrong. It's okay to lament. Now, I will say, you may not be feeling a whole lot of lamenting and a whole lot of frustration or grief right 
right now, and that's okay too, right? Like we don't have to feel sad or have to feel grief. Maybe God's given you the gift of faith, and that's awesome. Or maybe he's blessed you and your situation, your circumstance. It hasn't changed that much. I mean, praise God. That's great. But the idea is that we should not be afraid to come to God. Think about it. God is our perfect father, And so think even like a father for a minute. If my daughter were feeling saddened, right, maybe she perceived that I did something that would hurt her or maybe the situation around her was just grieving her soul. And if she always went and she talked to her friends about it, but she never actually talked to me about it, like that would grieve me. Like, I want to, as a father, be there for her and maybe try to explain why things are going the way they are or maybe just comfort her and just hold her and hug her. And if I, as an imperfect father, feel that way towards my daughter, what does God feel towards you, family? He loves you. He wants you to come to him with your emotions. And so uh, sometimes I think we can feel like God can't take our emotions. Like, like if we uh, extend this, he's going to be frustrated or angry that we're feeling that way. And what we are doing when we do that is we actually project fragility and a lack of care on God. And neither of those things are true. God is not fragile, and he does care. He wants to be close to us. So you can feel before God it's okay to lament. And so the question isn't whether or not it's okay to feel. It is okay to feel. We see it all over Scripture. The question is, where are you going in those feelings, and what are we doing because of our feelings? And so the second point there you see on the screen is that we have to learn to lament well. We have to learn how to lament and to do that well. There are two directions that our emotions can take us, and one of them is really beautiful, and one of them, quite frankly, is really dangerous. And though the difference is actually very subtle at the beginning, the further you go down that path, the farther out they get from each other, and we can end up very far from God because we don't learn how we're supposed to lament well. Really, there's essentially two types of lamenting that you can see there on the screen. Uh, There's worldly lamenting, which actually points us away from God's sovereignty or his control. And then there's godly lamenting, which points us towards God's sovereignty and his control. There's a posture to the Lord that you can bring up that is questioning, but then there's a darker place you can go within that questioning that tends to be destructive. And we have to be able to identify the difference there. Lamenting can be exalting to God because you're coming to him with your sorrow, believing that he can answer. That's exalting God. But then there's a way that it can be destructive because it can lead you to trusting in your circumstance over the sovereign power of God. And so we have to ask, where is this lamenting actually taking us? Let's go back to the text again. I want to read, starting in verse 1 again, and read through verse 4. So David here is expressing this emotion, and he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken." If lamenting and mourning turns us away from God and towards anxiety, this is not healthy. 
If it pushes us towards the sovereign God who's able to comfort, then this is a good, good thing. And you'll notice in this text here that David's kind of right on that fence there. He's kind of skirting the line here some with where are his emotions going to take him. In fact, some commentators think, man, he's actually kind of falling into a bad pattern. Some say, no, no, he's just expressing feeling. He's kind of right there on that line if you look at it. You see there on the screen that David, he's taking counsel in his own soul. And what this does is it leads to sorrow in his heart. And so when lamenting comes, we have to learn to take counsel in God's word, like Anthony talked about in our devotional this week, unless the waves of our emotions tend to sink us because of our circumstances. We have to learn to go to God's word, which is a sure footing for us. It's a light to our path, right? And you see David, he's wrestling. He can't really see God clearly, we see there in verse 3. You see, it's really hard to see clearly when we feel distant from God. This is why we say often, often as a church that you have to have solid theological truths before you enter suffering that will actually carry you through the suffering. It's why you have to know God before you enter it because that will carry it through. And if we don't, then what tends to happen is we will allow what we feel to actually supersede the sovereignty of God and we'll trust our feelings more than the God of the scripture. You must be rooted before the suffering comes. And so it's important important that we root ourselves in the word of God. Like look at some of the things that David is feeling here and think about the two directions that that can go. You see, uh, has God forgotten David? Like, is that true of God? Can God forget anything? Can he not act upon this? Has, can God forget David forever? It says there as if God all of a sudden is no longer able to act on anything. Does God hide like he's a man? Or is he the omnipotent, the omniscient God, right? Will God allow David's enemy to win when David is God's chosen instrument to bring redemption through Israel? Will the enemy ever win? But David makes all these statements. Now listen, all of those statements, it is totally okay to feel those statements, but it's not okay to believe those statements. And that's where that line is right there. There's a big difference between the two. Lamenting can rightly lead us towards God because we can say, look, this is just what I'm feeling right now, God. And we can open ourselves up to receive from God or it can move us away from God because we start believing those things to be true. Are we moving towards or away from God in our lamenting? You see, this is important because as we move towards God in our lamenting, really, really good things happen. Our situations may not change, but the countenance of our souls will change. And that's how the psalm ends here. Let's read in verse 5. David says, But... Whenever you see the but in the scripture, it is really, really important to look at it. It gets a beautiful contrasting word. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. The third point is that we are to trust in God's sovereignty or God's goodness in our lamenting. 
Notice several things that are going on here in this text. Firstly, David is singing before any deliverance actually comes. Like, his situation is the same. We're one verse removed from the feeling he has here, but because he rightly lamented, he went towards God in that lamenting. He remembers who God was at that moment, and now he's rightly responding to the goodness of God. Lamenting drove him towards God instead of away from him. And so even though his situation hasn't changed, He also knows that he serves a God who doesn't change, and therefore he can trust in God's goodness because God has always delivered his people, and he won't stop delivering with David, and he won't stop delivering with you, family. God is always the same. Notice again there on verse 5, he says, My heart shall rejoice. You see, at first, David's emotions are dictating him, but now David is actually dictating his emotions. Right? You see, he's still in the emotional realm. He's rejoicing. He's rejoying himself in the Lord. He's still feeling things, but now he's dictating an even greater emotion than the situation or circumstance was making him feel in the first place. Now, once again, I don't want to downplay lamenting. It is not bad. It's good, like we just talked about. To never feel sorrow is to say that there's nothing wrong with this world, and that's just not true. Lamenting is good. However, to dwell in lamenting, to make your bed in sorrow, that is not a good thing because Christ has overcome death, like we celebrated last week. Yes, it may be dark right now, but you can be confident that joy will come in the morning. And so you can cheer your heart in the greater reality than the circumstance that is right in front of you, family. This is an important piece here. David's lamenting is leading him towards God, and now his emotions have shifted as he remembers the beauty of who God is. It led him to joy even in the midst of all the sorrow that was around him. And so for those suffering in big ways right now, I mean, it's vital for us to cling to this, lest we mistakenly think that corona is sovereign over this world. It has not taken God's throne. God is on the throne. He is the sovereign one. And so you may be suffering because of it, but lament towards God. And even for people that aren't suffering a ton, this is important too, I think, because we have to be careful because we can also not rightly lament in this season and therefore not find the intimacy that we need with God because we actually minimize our suffering and therefore we don't lament towards God. As in my own personal example, even I've been wrestling over the past couple of weeks, like I have not been impacted deeply. Like I still have a job and a salary, at least right now, okay? <laughs> right? And like, like, man, like things aren't impacted that much, but like there are little ways. I'm a massive extrovert. I long to see people and I only get to see them when I'm recording this and then we gotta be careful and then we hurry up and leave, right? Like I'm not getting what my soul needs or like we had a baby during this season. My child is actually known nothing but quarantine, right? And people have not been able to come over and to celebrate with us and to hold the baby and just to rejoice with us. Like I I've missed a piece of that. Now, what I want to do is I want to minimize it. And I want to say, well, that's not as bad as what other people are going through. And look, straight up, that might be true. It might not be as bad as what other people are going through. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to commune with me in that season as well. God wants to be with me. Like, God's a good father, remember? He loves his children. In fact, what minimizing does is it actually makes God unsovereign. Because to not lament, even in a small way, I'm denying myself the ability to be rescued by the God of the universe. And by minimizing my 
struggle in saying, well, there's just better stuff for you to spend your time on. There's other situations. I act like God isn't sovereign and in control and can't literally come and comfort me and that other person at the same time. As if God can't be in two places at once, comforting two people with the comfort that they need. And so my minimizing or not lamenting in this season and going to God with emotion is actually not allowing me to receive from God what I need in this season as well. Like, I as a good father, I know how to respond to my kids, right? They may all be suffering in different ways at different times. Like, maybe one of them, their toy broke, and at the exact same time, the other one really, really wants more food and is crying because they want me to get them more food. At the same time, the other one just runs into the wall because somehow coordination hasn't come all the way yet, right? And, like, I know how to interact with each of them. I know that, hey, this person has already eaten three plates of food. They don't need food that bad, right? Let me go ahead and comfort this person. And and I want to respond to each of them in different ways where they are. And if I want to do that for my kids, doesn't God want to do that for his kids? And listen, I am not sovereign. I can't touch all three of them at once. And yet God can for all of us. He wants to interact with all of us, whether we're suffering in big ways or in small ways. He wants us to come to him that he may give us himself, family. Do you see this? Do you see this in the scripture? Do you believe that God wants to respond to you? Do you believe that he wants to interact with you? Really, the big question that I want us to ask ourselves and to take away from today is, does your lamenting push you towards God, whether big or small, or does it push you towards yourself or towards despair or towards the world? Whether you're lamenting in massive ways or in little ways, whether you're suffering in big or small ways. You see, David, he started this psalm feeling far from God, but he ends this psalm feeling so, so close to God. His lamenting took him towards God in this season. And so when you feel like God has abandoned you, or when you feel frustrated, or you feel filled filled with grief, or maybe even filled with fear or pain or discouragement, does your uh, mourning draw you towards God, or does your mourning draw you towards Netflix or Corona or yourself? And if you can ask yourself that rightly, then you can identify where you are and allow this season to train you to go towards God when suffering comes. And here's where we can actually feel the most confidence in the goodness of our God, even greater than David could here in this text. It's actually by looking at Jesus himself. You see, uh, Jesus was the man of sorrows, Scripture says about him. Jesus lamented. He became very, very human. He uh, wept when his friend Lazarus died and knew what it was like to lose and to have grief. You see, Jesus, he even questioned God in the garden, saying, is there any other way? And even on the cross, Jesus, quoting a psalm, cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's questioning God. He feels distant from God. He's rightly lamenting. And yet, at the end of his time on the cross, we see lamenting drew him in a closer realization of the reality of God because he ends it by saying, into your hands I commit my spirit. He trusts God, even in the midst of the most suffering that anybody has ever gone through. It moved him towards God. Jesus is our great example for us in this text, in this idea Even more than that, Jesus is our great atonement. He's our forgiveness where we fail in this. You see, when we do sin 
And when we do allow our lamenting to move us towards the world or towards fear rather than towards God, Jesus died that you might be forgiven. As he questions on the cross and then rightly finds his hope in God, man, he gives that righteousness to us. And when we question and it moves us away from God, that's called sin, family. But Jesus takes that sin upon himself, gives us his righteousness that we may now walk in the goodness of God and try to follow his example is his people. Jesus is our example here. And so whatever it might be, like whether you uh, are not trusting God in your singleness or this stay-at-home order or your joblessness or your overworking or whatever it might be, I want to encourage you to move towards God in this season. Whether you need him in small ways or in big ways, don't deny that you need him. That you need him to revive your soul in a sense. And one thing we actually want to provide for you, which you can uh, find in the Church Center app or on our website, is a guide in in even how to do this. Um, We actually listed out all the psalms of lament that we see in the scripture. And we listed them out in different categories there for you. And we gave you a couple of examples of how to actually take those psalms and to pray prayers to God with them. And I want to encourage you, maybe you actually take some of these psalms, maybe in your devotional time this week, and actually just pray them back to God. Like, these are biblical words to express how you feel. And so use those examples, use those psalms to maybe draw close to God in this season and watch how he meets you through the scripture, family. When you do this, God wants to comfort you. And so as a church, let's allow this season, whether we're lamenting or we're walking with others that are lamenting, let's allow this season to draw us back to the one person who can carry us through and use us for his glory. Let's actually be a church where we believe that God wants to be with us in the midst of this, that we encourage one another, that God has not left us. He will never forsake us. He is not out of control. He is sovereign, sovereign over all of this. And whatever you're feeling, whether high or low, I pray that your emotions would lead you to that conclusion, that God is sovereign and God is good. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys like crazy. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sovereignty. (laughs) That you are the God in control. We love you for that, Christ, and we thank you for that. God, David, in this psalm, he says that he rejoices in your salvation, and David only knew this in part. We can actually rejoice, not just in deliverance from circumstance, but deliverance for eternity because of what Jesus has done. And so, God, I pray that we would allow this season to draw us close to you, where we feel anxious because we're working too much or don't know if we'll have a job, where we feel like just frustrated or, or unable to really find joy. I pray that we would go to you. I thank you that you are not a God that is distant, that all things don't have to be perfect in our life before we can come to you. You meet us in the midst of the mess. You came down into the mess with us, Jesus. And we thank you for that. And I pray that as a church family, as believers in you, we would find our joy in you, even in this season, God, where we believe in the goodness of God. We pray these things in your very beautiful name. Amen.